0: If you would, open up in your Bibles to 1 Kings 18. I feel like we've been in 1 Kings chapter 18 for a little while, but we're at the end now. Uh, We are coming uh, to uh, an interesting part, one that is sometimes ignored. 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 41, Elijah just had an epic showdown with these prophets of Baal. Uh, most Christians, even if they're not familiar with the exact terminology, are at least familiar with this Bible moment. It's one of the more famous ones, or some might even say infamous. And uh, well, what happens next though? Sometimes you finish this kind of Wild West showdown and then you just kind of move on to some other hot topic Bible verse and you forget that This historical data continues. There's something next, right? And that's where we find ourselves. The sequel to fire raining down from the heavens. It's actually miraculous water raining down from the heavens. And with it comes a message. It's our main point for this morning. God's revelation is for sinners. God's revelation is for sinners Something that sounds so obvious and yet something that the church forgets almost every day. Let's pray and then see what the Lord has for us. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we do pray that you would work a work in us by your Holy Spirit who uses this word like a two-edged sword to divide bone and marrow. Lord, would you divide us. Would you convict us of our sin, which is there? And would you comfort us in the gospel, which is there? Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. This is 1 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing, and he said, go again seven times. And at the seventh time he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. The grass withers and the flowers fade. The word of the Lord, it stands forever, it remains forever We're talking eternity and we've got it in our hands here may we treat it with all due honor our main point remember is that god's revelation is for sinners we see this in three points number 1 the message number 2 behind the scenes and number 3 sinners rejoice first then there is a message for sinners in verses 41 And 42. And the message is this, rejoice, because God is working for you. That's what Elijah was intending when he spoke to Ahab and said, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing rain. Uh, In context, uh, we might not necessarily speak like this, but it's a feast moment. Hey, go eat and drink and be merry. God's about to do something really cool. He's about to bring rain. And remember, if you have forgotten that they have been in a drought for some years. And this drought has been severe in the land. This, too, at the hand of God. It's very important in this moment for us to see who Elijah is addressing. The blasphemous, unbelieving King Ahab rather than proclaiming in mighty voice to the crowds who have just now turned to the Lord in repentance. Of all places, that's the party, right? Instead of talking to them, Elijah addresses the one still not believing, the one actively going against God and his commands. Ahab, the one who brought those 450 prophets of Baal in the first place. And in a crazy turn of events, Elijah tells them, not repent, but go, feast, eat and drink, rejoice, for the Lord is bringing rain. This tells us something of God. It tells us something of his redemptive plan. It forces us into a fuller reality of who God is and what he's doing. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Baseline, God has a message for sinners. That is, those going against God. Baseline, God's revelation. This is this is. What it is. This is why we've got the scriptures. All right? Baseline. God has revealed that He might bring His own people into a right relationship with Him. That's why we have the Word. He wanted to show us something of Himself, and that something is the mercy and the grace. We've got the power, right? We see it. Just look out at the sun. Look at the moon and the stars that declare His name and His handiwork. We've got the power but we didn't have the grace and the mercy. And left to our own devices, all we would have is the power. And that would have not ended as well for us. And so God reveals something of himself. He reveals that he wants to bring his people into a right relationship with him. As believers in God, we must acknowledge our closeness to Ahab. That is our going against God pre and post belief. You're closer to Ahab than you think. I'm closer than I think. We dare not point the finger and say, oh, silly, unbelieving, blasphemous Ahab, because it's in that very moment It's in that acknowledgement of our own sinfulness, of our own going against God, that we become light to those around us, just as Jesus said we would. But if we forget where we came from, our light, it may be harsh instead of illuminating and inviting. You can have different reactions to the same light, you know. Here's an example from my two-year-old son, Isaac. In the morning times or at nap times, his room is quite dark. We've got the curtains and all the stuff to let him sleep well. If, by accident, that curtain is thrown open, that light shines in, maybe you're the same way Isaac is. Oh, right? The light is so blinding and harsh that all you can do is close your eyes, throw the covers over your head, turn around or get mad at whoever did it right who showed you the light and why in the world did they do it yeah but Isaac in just about 30 minutes wakes up gets his jammies off gets a little warmed up what does he want to do can I go outside dad I'd like to play can I go outside I think my dump truck's out there can I go outside he wants to go into that light he loves the outside He loves the light, the warm and inviting and shining light. But it's the same light. It's the same sun and two very different reactions depending on how it came through. And that's the point. It's the same light with two very different responses. And the same is true for spiritual light. Who are we at Centennial? Who are you in your family? Who are you at work or at school? Are you harsh, uninviting, where when people see you, they turn away and say, no way, Jose, I'm not going there. Of course, look at that hypocrisy. Or is there a warmth? Is there a moment where, uh, like one of my favorite uh, 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 ministers of the whole wide world, Juan Carlos Bonilla, a missionary in Spain, Uh, he he always talks to me about lifestyle evangelism he loves playing soccer in the field in Spain he's not able to play a lot of soccer right now but uh, when he would do that these guys they would ask him you know why are you the way you are it just doesn't make sense he said I can tell you I can tell you it's Jesus and let me tell you a little bit more about him it's warmth and it's love and it's light that is illuminating and inviting rather than harsh. It's a message for sinners. We need to be careful as we are the stewards of such here, whether we are inviting and illuminating or harsh, driving away. Even as we see this message for sinners, though, that God is working, we also see behind the scenes some stuff that's happening that maybe others don't, right? In verses 43 and 44, it's clear that Elijah has the knowledge that the drought is soon to be over. So he begins the process of calling out to God to bring the rain. And did you notice, I hope you did, because I've talked about it quite a bit already, that he prayed the prayer, seven times before seeing its fulfillment. Elijah and his servant, they're followers of God, assured that God is going to work as he has said. And so, um, as is the case for most prophets, not all, but for most prophets, no emotions or uh, inner monologue is recorded. It's just, well, he did prayers one through seven, prayer number seven, God answered, and then the rain came, right? Here's the question for us though, where would your faith have been on prayer number five? Prayer five, where would you have been? With seemingly unanswered prayers, not once, twice, three times, four times or five, where would you have been? Would you have gone on to prayer six? And if you did and it was not answered, would you have gone on to prayer number seven? Or would you transition your prayer, as we often do, to why aren't you answering my prayer? Right? It's a transition that can happen so easily. Would your faith falter? Maybe more importantly, has your faith faltered now? This has been a tough season, and I've spoken to many of you. Has your faith faltered in this moment ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened rejoice always pray without ceasing Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then the oft-neglected next verse there, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Pray without ceasing. God's revelation is for sinners. He has promised that his word will not return void, that he will bless his people, that he will comfort his people, that he will give his people peace that he answers our cries to him. But did you stop on prayer number five? Or did you continue on as he has called us to over and over in his word given to us for our good and benefit and his own glory? Did we press the pause button like it's so easy to do on that television of ours? I meet with two other pastors weekly. One is a missionary, the other is a church planner. I've referenced them all the time. I should. They're an integral part of uh, my ministry. They pray for y'all. Maybe more than other ministers do. uh, Anywhere else. Uh, These guys are partnering with me in ministry to Centennial. I meet with these guys and one of us records every single prayer request that we ask of the group. Every single one. So we can keep praying and not forget each topic until we see God's answer and three things have happened number one over the past five years or so six number one we got the answer (laughs) kept praying the Lord answered the prayer we praised the Lord and we continue on number two we got the answer but it wasn't the answer that we sought. it was better and that better sometimes took a little bit of hindsight because in the moment we said Lord This wasn't what we thought, but we know that you're good. And we know that we're seeking to serve you and glorify you. Reveal your intention in this answer. And he did. Hindsight was our friend for number two, where we got the answer, but it didn't feel right to us. Number three, some of the requests, even some that are six years old, that are too intimate for any but us we're still praying for. And I might reveal something of myself. I'm unsure that we'll have the answer until we get to the other side, until we come into the presence of the Lord. Even so, we know that with hope and patience, our answer awaits. In this, we have gained peace And we still pray, as God has called us to do. Behind the scenes, in your life, in your family, in those moments that cause you to call out to God over and over and over, are you still? Or did you stop at prayer five? And did you change the content of your prayer to why didn't you answer me or why aren't you answering me and have you forgotten what you were praying about in the first place and fallen into despondency and faithlessness and desperation that you're trying to answer everywhere else when only one person in the universe holds the answer and it's God himself and you're not even asking anymore. behind the scenes what is it that you're doing (laughs) i don't know the people closest to you don't know maybe but be encouraged and continue to pray as god has called us will you persevere and will you watch god work as we see here elijah persevered god's revelation it's for sinners and because of this Sinners can rejoice. Verses 45 and 46. God has a message for sinners, for those going against God, that he's going to provide a way to come back into right relationship with him. Here, for Elijah and Ahab, we see this represented in the rain. Initially, remember, the rain was withheld by God for Israel's faithlessness, for their going after and straying away from the Lord, going after other false gods now we see the rain falling but it's not because of the people's faithfulness it's because of elijah praying because of god's plan and god's desire his message for sinners in this case it's ahab because what does elijah do he addresses one person and one person alone the lord lets us know ahab hey ahab go rejoice hey ahab get your carriage the floods are going to stop you go down, right? It's Ahab. Where are the people? God's intention was to reveal his revelation for sinners. This exhibition of God's power in withholding the rain and now bringing the rain is not to simply loom over his creation, but to reveal his mercy, which is what we see time and time again in the scriptures. Why was Jesus sleeping? Here's one And when he, that is Jesus, got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Behold, there arose a a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. Why? God had intention, even in sleep. Notice what happens next. They went and they woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked not his disciples. What did he rebuke? The winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? What sort of man is this? What sort of man is Jesus? He's the sort of man who is also God, who also, with the power of God, chose it not a thing to be grasped, Rather, he chose to serve the very people who wanted to crucify and kill him, of which we were before we believed in his name, which, by the way, God himself gave us the belief as a gift. It is incredible that God would reveal his power through mercy rather than power. It sounds so crazy, and it would be. If we did not have it from the source, God himself, who in mercy sent his son for us. The word made flesh. God's revelation is for sinners. And the revelation is good news. And that revelation is seen most clearly in the Lord Jesus Christ. Will we hide it, though? Will we use our masks as just another excuse? A good one now. Oh, perfect. Now I don't have to worry about telling others about Jesus. I'll just do the social distancing thing and stay home. Oh, I'm glad I don't have to go to work now. Now my conscience can be stroked by my own ego because I don't have to feel convicted about when I act not like a Christian but like a non-Christian when I'm ashamed of the Lord Jesus in class. Now I just have that virtual one where I can wear my jammies, turn off my video, and sit back. That's no good. That's not what we see. And so, dear Christians, centennial family, may we be those who are found faithful in the fray, following after the lord jesus even this very day now let's pray heavenly father lord you've got to you've got to convict us and you've got to do a work in us down to the person myself included we are unworthy And yet, God, you showed us in your word that you would work mighty works through the weakest, and we are there. And so, God, let us be the proclaimers of the Lord Jesus in Columbia. Let people come to faith. And when we see it, help us to rejoice all the more as your children come home, as the kingdom grows, and as we see you, in an even fuller light. God, help us in all these ways. In Jesus' name, amen.